The first reading can be found on page 230 of the New Testament section of the Church Bibles. It is taken from the first letter of Peter, chapter 2, beginning to read at verse 1. Read yourselves, therefore, of all malice and all guile, insincerity, envy, and all slander, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And, like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, See, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame to you then who believe he is precious but for those who do not believe the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner and a stone that makes them stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word, as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. It can be found on page 7 of the New Testament section of the Church Bibles and is Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 29. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them would be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, 
The floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let's pray together. Lord God, we give thanks that you are the cornerstone of our life. We pray that we would be grafted and built into you the firm foundation of our lives. We ask this in your mighty name. Amen. Do take a seat, everyone. So this morning we have this sort of architectural theme. Would you class yourself as a good handyman or handywoman around the house? I asked this at the 8 o'clock and not a single hand went up. Anyone feel confident at building a wall in the garden, plastering over a hole? We have one hand. We have one hand in this congregation. Across two congregations, we have one hand. Luckily enough, I'm, I'm not one of those people either. I know that anything I do in the house will be slightly wonky, slightly rough around the edges, and it will annoy me forever. And so I know it's not worth it. I know it's not worth it for me to do it. So it's always better for someone else to do it. It will be straighter. It will be smoother. It will look better. And I will have less angst for every time that I walk past it. Today is our final reading from the Sermon on the Mount. And we've been going through a set of scriptures, a set of teachings that Jesus taught us. So actually when we heard that final comment, the scribes were amazed. It's not just actually about the reading that we heard today, not just about the house built on rock, but it's actually based on all of what we've been hearing over the past few weeks. But we have this theme of building and construction, and actually it features quite a lot in the Gospels and in the New Testament. People used to build their own houses. I remember when I lived in Tanzania, people used to build their own house. Um, a man wouldn't be able to get married unless he'd built the house first, you know. <laughs> Don't trust a man if he's not actually built the house first. Um, so that was always your first job, build your house, uh, and then you might be lucky and get married. But in the Bible, Jesus said, you know, tear this temple down and I will build it up in three days. What about this? No one builds, no one starts a building project unless they know they have the funds to complete it. There are a number of these um, metaphors and images throughout the Gospels and the New Testament which are sort of building related and there are others quality of building seems to be on people's minds 
probably much more than they are now when, you know, we don't build our own house, probably. People build our houses for us. We often get people to help us if we have an issue in our life. But in life, there are occasional catastrophic moments, catastrophic floods with with climate change. They seem to be happening more and more. We're not too far away from a you know, the, the famous bridge that was swept away by great floods, isolating a community here in Yorkshire. Um, and think of another river uh, that used to flood. Growing up, I, I lived in southeast London, very, very close to the Thames, uh, and very close to one of the biggest um, construction projects to stop floods, uh, the Thames Barrage. They considered building it back in the 50s because London kept flooding and they saw, you know, what was the highest possible flood and they saw four million people could be flooded by these sort of one in a hundred, one in 200 year floods and they thought, okay, we need to stop that. And what they saw was, yes, the rain would come down and it would come down the Thames and the rain... The, the river would rise. But the problem was, uh, the, the Thames is tidal, and the, the flood would actually also come from the sea. As the, the tide raised, if there was a storm in the North Sea, it would come down and it would come in the Thames. If there was a, uh, a storm in the Atlantic, it would come up the, uh, the, the channel and it would go in the Thames. And if all of those combined with a high tide, and something called a neat tide, when the, the moon is closer to the earth than normal, you could flood four or five million people. And so it took them decades and decades, but they eventually built this barrage to try and stop them from uh, receiving one of these once in a hundred years, once in 200 years um, floods. The only problem was they were made with calculations based in the 1950s, not in calculations today. And we reckon that actually it's not going to be big enough to survive the hardest floods that London could ever face. The rain came down and the floods came up. In our gospel reading with the wise and foolish building, there are two main elements to it. That first of the weather, the rain coming down and the floods rising up. And the second, that of the builder, the quality of the building. When I was preparing this talk, um, I remembered a friend who gave this talk um, at a conference. Um, and Stephen said we wouldn't be singing, but um, she actually did get them singing that, that famous children's song. Um, and don't worry, I'll, I won't get you to sort of sing all of the, the verses, but I'm sure we will remember it. The wise man built his house upon the rock. It's, it's a bit of a useless song in the sense that you just say the, the first three ones and then finally get a new... There are actually only two lines in any verse. That and then the rain came tumbling down. Finally you get there, don't you? Second verse, the rain came down and the floods came up and the house on the rock stood firm. Third verse, the foolish man built his house upon the sand. Then, and the rain came tumbling down. Final verse, the rain came down and the floods came up. 
And everyone's favorite line, you know, as a kid, you know, you were just looking out for that line, weren't you? And the house on the sand went crash. You know, every, every child's favorite one to be able to sort of shout that line out. And they were at this conference, and they were loving life. This was like, you know, children's karaoke. You know, you know three, four hundred people all, you know, reminiscing their childhood. We were all having a great time The problem was they didn't realize they were actually being led into a little trap. Um, This preacher actually wanted them to be having a good time, feeling, you know, remembering your childhood. And she said, who did the the rain fall on? Did it fall on the foolish person? No, you you just sang that it fell on the righteous person, on the wise person as well. Um, And very quickly she managed to turn the, the feeling of the whole room Because actually, she was like, we like to think that we're nine, don't we? We like to think we're having this great time and we forget that actually the floods of life fall on everyone. And that is a truth of life. There are two parts of this thing that Jesus is teaching us. Yes, one is the quality of the building, but the other is that the rains fall on everyone's, the floods rise on everyone. So why are we sometimes surprised then when it happens? The fundamentals of this teaching of Jesus is that the floods will fall, the the rains will rise, and they will happen to us all. And therefore, we should all be prepared So Jesus talks specifically here about those who would hear his words. And it's specific about those, what actions will you do? How will this change your life? And so over the past few weeks, we've we've heard many, many sermons on the Sermon on the Mount. But actually, what are you going to take away from this? How is this going to change things for you. How will we make sure that actually we're building a firm foundation for our own lives? Things that actually stick in our life, things that make a difference, things that when the the rains come down and the floods come, we will remember. That is the importance and so this is why we're encouraged to, to read our own Bibles, to, to know our own scripture, to take things away from Sundays that when we hear of scripture read and meditated on, that it's not just for Sundays. It's not just for this one hour, two hours of the week because the rains will fall and the, the floods will rise. So have we prepared ourselves that firm and solid foundation? And maybe like that Thames barrier analogy, have we prepared ourselves actually for a time in life that we couldn't have even considered? The challenge that that great building project had was that it could never have even considered the biggest challenge that it would ever face. Looking to our 1 Peter 2 reading, Jesus is described in that famous way as the cornerstone. 
The cornerstone being that part of a building that you cannot do without. A bit like, you know, the, the, the top of an arch, the, the real key piece that without it, nothing holds together. That cornerstone is essential. And then we are described as living stones, living, breathing stones connected into that cornerstone, described as building a spiritual house, a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus' teachings are great, and they are influential, more influential than any other in history, but are they influential and great in your life? Will they be your sure and solid foundation when the rains come down and the floods rise up? Wisdom and foolishness. Maybe when we go home, we get our Bibles out. I hope we know where they are. I hope we have been opening them. And we'll flick back to Matthew 6 and 7, all of these readings that we've heard over the last few weeks. And what are we going to hold on to? What is that sure and firm foundation for us? What will be that sureness that we have for a time in life? Maybe, maybe we've experienced them in the past. Maybe we will experience them in the future but something that will not be shaken, something that will stand the test of time, something that will be a foundation for something that we're not even knowing that we need to be prepared for, but God knows and he can prepare us. So our take home as we finish our Sermon on the Mount series is what are we going to inwardly digest? What are we going to take with us How are we going to strengthen that foundation for our lives? How are we going to build our life on the rock that is God, that is Jesus, that firm foundation that will not be moved, able to weather any storm? Because he said, once you were a people, but now you are a people. And as the people of God, let's not be flippant with it. Let's not assume that coming to church or just having been here was enough because we all know that there will be great challenges in life and if you were preparing for a big project or a big sporting thing we know we'd have prepared for long in advance let's be a people who prepare let's be a people who are aware that actually the storms of life will happen But let's be a people that know that Jesus is the rock and that he is that firm and solid foundation and he can prepare us if we put the time in as well. Amen.